0: that again, oh Jacob, or go ahead and put your name in there, Oj, oh, Jay, O oh, John, Amy, Oh, oh how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles, oh Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights, have you never heard, have you never understood, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth, you guys realize that, that he's the creator, the creator of all the earth, go ahead and say the word creator. The creator, the creator of all the earth. Good job, George. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. How of you guys today feel exhausted? Mm-hmm. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. How many of you are ready for some new strength? Right? We're ready for some new strength, are we? Yes. All right, five of us are ready for some new strength. It's good. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. The last part of these verses is often quoted, right? We see those on all kinds of things. You know, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, they will walk and not faint. Have you ever thought about that, like, soaring high on wings like eagles? I don't know. Like, I just kind of just got caught up in that for a moment, just thinking about that, soaring high on wings like eagles. Like, I just started imagining that. I don't know if you guys ever imagine things that you're reading through the Bible, but sometimes I will get off, and, and I'll just start imagining things. And, and just flying above all your troubles. Like, have you ever thought about that? Like, all the troubles that you guys have, and all of a sudden, you're just flying above them. And then all of a sudden, then in my head, I started going to that movie, E.T., you know, when they were getting chased, and all of a sudden, they just started getting lifted up. And they're on their bike, and they're like, you know, looking down as they're riding. And what was happening was they were above all their troubles. And I love to think about that, like how, how when we're just feeling so weak or so weary or so tired or so faint-hearted, that he reminds us that it's like being on, like, wings of eagles and just being above all your troubles. And so I just started meditating on that for a while And it says, how can you say that God ignores you? Like, how can you say that the Lord does not see your troubles? And if you've ever witnessed anybody, that's a common phrase, isn't it? When somebody is hurt or somebody is in distress or somebody is sorrowed. Or or maybe even somebody says that to you. Like, I get some of those things that will be told to me. Because as a pastor, you uh, you have a lot of different troubles, a lot of different things that you're fighting against. and, And it's like, come on, you know, you're a pastor, like, doesn't God see your troubles? Like, doesn't he see what you're going through? Is, is God ignoring you? And, and I think that sometimes we ask ourselves that. You know, is God ignoring us? So the other minute morning, I was just really meditating on the Lord, and I was just thinking about different aspects of life. And don't worry, guys, we're going to get into the series. But God just kind of led me on this tangent for a moment uh, when I was writing this out. But I was just thinking about different aspects of life and where where we're at today, where we're at in the past, and where we're going to in the future, and, and I was just staring at Jesus, you know, like, literally, I was just staring at Jesus, and uh, because there is this theme of Jesus downstairs in the office, and I don't know if you guys have seen that, but um, but sometimes Jesus and I will just stare at each other, you know, and so it's like, like, where it's at, it's like, directly he's looking at me, and so sometimes I'll be studying or do something, and I'll look up, and I just see Jesus staring at me. And so I decided to stare back at him. so Jesus and I were having a staring contest. And, uh, and so anyway, so sometimes I'll just look at this painting, and and sometimes like the eyes look sad to me. I'll look at the eyes and and I'll and and they'll just like just have some sorrow and them. will just be sad. Sometimes I'll look at <coughs> these eyes, and believe it or not, they look a little cross-eyed, and I'll just kind of be like, Jesus, your eyes are looking a little cross-eyed. And sometimes it will just look so determined, you know, I'll just be looking at his eyes and it it just seems like there's this determination in Jesus. And and I realize that it probably depends on my state, you know, where I'm at. But my first impression, my very first impression of this painting was of Jesus looking out over the mountains, uh, kind of like when Jesus was looking over Jerusalem that we read in the Bible. And as he's looking over Jerusalem, he just is kind of weeping over Jerusalem, you know, just, just like the sorrow was there because you know, he just knew that they weren't gonna repent. He knew that they weren't going to believe. And so he just had this sorrow. And so when I very first saw this painting, that was what it, um, what it was pointing out to me. But this particular morning I was looking at the painting I started thinking about that night that it was painted. And uh, and I started to reflect on the termination that was going on that night, that night that this that this painting was painted. And it was at the Magnified Concert uh, over there at the Lakewood Village, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the determination, I started thinking about the determination. Like this word just kept on coming out of me, determination. And the determination was to bring Jesus to the public, right? In a public setting. And uh, where typically uh it's not geared for worship. You know, it's geared for other things, geared for concerts, but, but the determination was there to bring the worship and to bring the unity amongst the churches, you know, like to bring bring churches, believe it or not, but churches do not unite. But they had this determination to bring these churches into one. And the determination to bring, like, this different culture, you know, this different culture into this realm to where people could dance freely if they want, where they could worship freely if they want, where they could just um, do whatever they want, They could be free, where they could paint freely, you know, where they could grab a brush and just start painting. And so Spencer, she was, uh, she was not that old in Christ when she was doing this, but she was compelled to paint Jesus. And so, as she was painting Jesus, she put this crown of thorns on Jesus, and and it so just really struck me as I was looking at this, and and you just see this crown of thorns on Jesus, and just these amazing eyes that she did, and and you could kind of see like the blood just coming down, uh, dripping down, and and, and then there's this eyes that just stare, and so I remember thinking how much that Spencer must really love the Lord, and how not only the love that she has for the Lord, but the pain. That she saw that Jesus endured for us, because she wouldn't have had those thorns on there with the blood to come down. if she wouldn't have realized the pain that Jesus went through, the pain that Jesus endured for us because of love. And so that morning, I was thinking again about the determination of this band and uh, and the practice that they put into this, which is very minimal, right? Very very minimal. But the efforts. I mean, guys, this is why I get up home. If I have a joke, I just tell it to Daisy, and Daisy just starts laughing with me. <laughs> but the efforts of getting the getting this concert out there is so much effort. You know, like putting up the posters. Like I don't know if you guys would see the posters, but something even like hanging off the bridge. You know, and like, man, hey, like how did Joey do that? You know, it's not legal. And, not legal. Um, <laughs> totally legal, right? As long as it's on a weekend weekend project, and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for God, but you know the posters, the media, and just getting the word out, and the excitement that was in the air for the change on this mountain, you know, and the expectation of something—like something's going to happen. Like the expectation of something; otherwise, they wouldn't do this. You guys realize that? Like every Sunday, there's an expectation that something's going to happen. Every Sunday, when you come here, there's this expectation. Either you guys have it, or we have it, or we all have it, which is great when we all have it because we're expecting God to do something. But the effort that was going on behind the scenes, and I don't know if you've ever seen the effort that goes on behind the scenes of something of that magnitude, but it makes us higher just thinking about it, right? But there was determination. And then I started thinking about how amazing that night was. And I believe that there was just like this amazing impact that happened as well as that night. And I believe that people were being lifted up like they were soaring high above their troubles. You know, the troubles that they came through with that night was lifted and they were just soaring. And they were just kind of like God was delivering. You know, God was delivering that night. He was giving people this moment of freedom. And this was a vision that Joey and Jackie had. And they were determined to see it through. And so then I came back to these eyes that were staring at me. And I was just looking at Jesus as I'm just meditating. Determination. See, God has this determination to set us free. You guys realize that, that? God has this determination to set you and I free. So as I was reflecting on that night, I began to think of all the trials that I came with that night. The misunderstanding, the gossip, the hurtful words. And unfortunately, people are so quick to put things down that they don't understand. You guys get that? Like people are so quick to put things down that they don't understand. And so that's what happened that night. But the heart behind the things, the heart behind the things, the intentions, the determination, all that, were there, were right. And I think that there are times when we even misunderstand the Lord. And we misunderstand, like, the Lord's intentions and what the Lord is trying to do and what the Lord is moving. And so then we all suddenly we, we go back to that verse, you know, where we think that God is ignoring us. <coughs> Or we think that God is misunderstanding us or or that God is not hearing us. You know, so we go back to that. And it's really, because God just has this amazing intentions for us. Like, he has this determination to see us through. And sometimes we don't understand that. And so instead of going along with it, we'll begin to question it. And we'll begin to start talking bad about other things because we don't get it. But his plans will prevail. No matter what, God's plans will prevail. And so this morning, as I mentioned, we're going to start this series of looking at Gideon, this man who was the least of the tribes of Israel, this man who thinks that he was so weak that God can't really use him. Is there anybody in here today that feels like that? You just feel like you're so weak that God can't really use you? It's like, how can God really use this? This person, me. For this series, I believe that really is going to show the ones who think That they have a hard time maybe accepting themselves for who they are, believing that that God can't make anything out of them or that He can't do anything with them. I believe that this series is going to change your thought because you're going to see this man, Gideon, who is the least of the tribes, who is the least of the people, who is just chilling out like just breaking up some weed, and God came along and used him because his heart was in the right place. You have your heart in the right place, and God can use you you'll find out how valuable that you really truly are. But before we get into Gideon, we have to really see what the circumstances were. You know, otherwise we're just going to be kind of fast-forwarding and just moving to do that. So, Judges, turn in your Bibles to Judges. Judges, chapter 6, verse 1. So, Judges, chapter 6, verse 1. And so, Gideon, uh, Gideon's the fourth judge that's going to be coming along if you were to start in the beginning of Judges and, and cruise through this. So, we're kind of already speeding up a little bit, but we're going to just travel through this this series, because I really want you guys to understand this, and I really believe that God has has placed this on my heart to take you guys through this. So Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6 verse 1. It says, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves the dens the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. So it was, whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up, also Malachites, and the people of the east would come up against them. Verse 4. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey. For they would come up with their livestock in their tents, coming in as numerous as locusts, both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. We're going to stop right there for a second. So the children of Israel, we, we read about them, right? As you're going through the Old Testament, you're reading about children of Israel, and you think, like, man, these guys are so dumb. Have you ever thought about that with the Israelites? Like, these guys are just so dumb, like why can't they get it together you know, like why are they going through all these things and they just can't get it together you know they do good things are going along, that's awesome then all of a sudden there's a shift and they start doing bad, they do bad God comes along, spanks them they turn around, start doing good again they'll do good for a while, then they'll do bad, and you're like, come on are right but isn't that us isn't that us we do good, we go through our bad streaks, then we turn around and we get busted, right? God comes along, thanks you, bust you, and then all like, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. And then you start doing good, and you're doing good, again, and you forget about God, and the next thing you know, you're drifting off, and then you get spanked, and you come back. And it says this in Proverbs 3 12. It says, For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in his delights. So, I read that verse and I always think to myself, like, I must really be loved by God because I get a lot of traction. Right? You guys with me? Is that what you think too when you're reading that? Yeah. Yeah. So, we start off the series of Gideon seeing the state of the Israelites that they were in. They were doing evil in the sight of the Lord. And I, I don't know, I got caught up on that for a second as well. They're doing evil in the sight of the Lord. And I was wondering to myself, like, can you ever do evil without God not seeing it? can you ever do anything without God not seeing it, right? Like, so they really don't even have to put that in there, but they do just so that we know that God was seeing their evil, just so we know that God sees your evil as well. So the Lord, it says that he delivers his beloved children. The Lord, it says that he delivers those ones that were in captive that He had been that he had set free. The Lord who, like, has these chosen ones, he delivers these ones into the hand of the Midianites. I can't even imagine how painful that was for God to do that. You know, like anytime that, that our children get busted, it's so hard to really bust them. Like right now, uh, Bud and Desi are having to learn that about about their children. You know, is, is that it's it's not easy to discipline your children. You know, it makes you sad. Like sometimes sometimes it's fun, but the majority of time it's sad, right? But he was going to this the Lord who left his children he's going to have to deliver them over to the Midianites for seven years and for seven years this was going to happen seven years they're going to have to go through this so when you see this delivering into the hand of and so anytime that you see the hand of like that phrase the hand of that means into the strength or power so he was handing them over he was giving them into their strength or their power and the Midianites as, as, as you do this, like he was giving them to him and so that they would be able to overpower him. So as I was thinking about this phrase, like overpower them, you guys remember that, that movie with Sylvester Stallone? And I think the movie was called Over the Top, where he got wrestling, <laughs> the arm wrestling one. You know, they've been that arm wrestling. And all of a sudden, you'd see that shift of his hand, and you'd be like,
1: they're
0: going down, right? Because he was doing that shift in his hand, and what was he doing? Was he's gaining power, He's overpowering them. Like they could be much bigger than him, but he would just do that little shift, next thing you know, boom, they're going down. It was the hand of, right? His hand would switch and it would become overpowered. And so that's really what that means as it gets passed over into the hand of, like they're able to overpower now. So the Israelites could have been so strong, so much stronger than the Midianites, but because God did this, now they've gotten the hand. And so now they could overpower. So God delivered the power to the Midianites so that they had this upper hand and they were able to overpower. And the Midianites, you see, they were known as as people that everyone despised. Nobody liked the Midianites. They were like this uncultured group. They were unintelligent and they would just run in mobs and they would just cause havoc wherever they went. But the crazy thing is, is back in Numbers, chapter 31, it says this, and it says, and they warred against the Midianites, so they warred, they battled against the Midianites, just as the Lord commanded Moses, and it says that they killed all the males. So in other words, God had already delivered them from the Midianites. He'd already taken them away from the Midianites. You know, he'd already given them the upper hand. And I truly believe that there's things that you and I have warred against, that we've fought against, that we've battled against, and God has given us the upper hand. He's given you the upper hand of the things that you've been battling against. But somewhere along the line, you you kind of, gotten away from that, and you've allowed this to get the upper hand over you. We're reading here, because the Midianites, because the enemy, the children of Israel, they made for themselves dens, they made for themselves caves, they made for themselves places to hide in the mountains, (coughs) we really believe that each one of us do that in our own lives, you know, that we have these dens, and we have these caves, and we have these, these places where we go to that we'll hide, you know, because maybe of certain situations that we've dealt with in our life, maybe... Certain attacks, maybe certain things have been said to us, certain places, you know. And so we just tend to avoid those places. You're like, I don't have any dens, you know, I'm wide open, you know, I'm just right out here. You know, and but really you do, you have dens, you have caves, you have things that you will hide from. And for instance, like maybe you're in a grocery store and you're just having this great day, you're just cruising along, you're you ready to go for those apples, you know, like some good produce, because that's what you're supposed to eat. And so um, so you're going for that fruit, you know, and then all of a sudden you go over there to that fruit stand, and you see somebody that has said something stupid to you. And so you're like, oh, I don't want to see that person. So what do you do? So you dodge the produce and go to the cookies, right? Is that how we go buy cookies, everybody? Yes, right? Or ice cream, you know? We started for the right place, but because of that person, we avoided them. I know people, unfortunately, that today are avoiding church because of situations that have happened, because of words that have been said, because of the hurt. And so what happens is they go into these dens, they go into these caves, they go into these mountains, and they hide out. So as we continue reading, we see that it's not only the Midianites that were coming against the children, but it says also the Malachites it also says the people of the east. So what was happening was they were coming in all directions, right? Coming we from all directions. And I think that sometimes life feels like that, doesn't it? It feels like that things are coming at us from all directions. You turn this way, that way, that way, that way, and it's just all surrounding you. You feel like that the enemy is just all around you. And so the description continues. So that I'm, I'm assuming that the Holy Spirit just really wants you to get this picture of what's going on, you know, before Gideon comes into this picture. I think that God just really wants us to understand like the havoc that was going on for these seven years. So it says in verse 4 that these people would wait, these enemies, they would wait and they would surround them, and it says that they would camp all around them. I mean, can you imagine having like, your enemy just encamped like, right outside your space all the time? Like, It's just always there. Everywhere you go, you just know that this thing is getting ready to attack you, that this thing is getting ready to get you. And then it says that they would destroy the produce, they would destroy the crops, in other words, they literally need nothing left. And so not only would they come in there and they destroy everything, so they'd smash it, they would hit it, they would do all this, but then they would destroy it so that it couldn't produce for the next years to come. Because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and what? Destroy. 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 <coughs> so really, the situation, it seems like such a bummer as you read about it. But imagine working so hard to get your crops going. You know, especially if you're up here. <laughs> it's torture to try to grow anything up here, isn't it? It's like torture. And so it's like I have these trees I'm just really open to producing here, you know? And so you know how hard it is to get the crops going. But imagine you get these crops up and you're like, all of a sudden you just kind of start seeing this little glimpse of it. And you're like, yes. Then <coughs> somebody comes along and smashes it. How'd that make you feel? Right? It made me feel really mad. But not only do they thrash your hard work, but they're thrashing something that would feed your family. You know, and if you're the provider for your family and somebody comes along and smashes what you're doing to provide for your family, it's very difficult to, to deal with, isn't it? And it makes you very frustrated. And I imagine how discouraging that would be and so it's crazy how we read when the enemy would come in, the Bible tells us that they would come in with their livestock, their tents, coming in as numerous as locusts. And it says this them and their camels. Do you guys know like, what camels do? They spit. Can you imagine all the spit that's flying around there? I was thinking about that. I don't know. Like I said, I imagine some of these things. All these camels just spitting all around. <laughs> but it says that it was without number. Like, this is how many that there were that it was without number. Have you ever felt like this is happening in your life? Like, things are just moving into your spaces that you don't want to be moved into your spaces? Like, maybe it's spaces in your head. Like, all of a sudden, things will start to get into your head, and, and they'll start to fill these spaces that you don't want. Like, like I don't want you in my spaces. Or maybe they're filling up your time. You know, like like, your time. Like, things just start filling up your time, and... And they're just taking away your time. And it's just all these things are just coming at you in your time. And you're like, I don't want this to take away from my time. Or maybe your phone. You know, like all of a sudden you start getting things on your phone. or, Or you start playing around with your phone and putting things on your phone that shouldn't be on your phone. You're doing things that you shouldn't be doing. Watching things that you shouldn't be watching. And so these are filling up spaces that you don't want to be there. Like the enemy is taking up these spaces that you don't want him to be in. And it says this in Judges 6 6. It says, so Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the, then the Israelites cried out to look for them. You see, we get reduced to starvation when we allow things to start taking up our spaces. You know, when we allow these things into our head, when we allow these things to take up our time, when we allow these things on our TV or on our phone or computer. Happens is you come to, you get reduced to a state of starvation. And I don't want us to get reduced. I want us to get increased, not reduced, right? Reduced, this never sounds good to me. Like when I have to reduce my commission or when I have to reduce my pay, that's never good. You know, because that means that you're losing. And I don't want you guys to lose. I want you guys to gain. I want there to be increased, not decrease. So we get reduced to starvation. They get reduced to our starvation. But really what happens is it's not until we're starving for the Lord and not until we're really absolutely thirsty for the Lord to really start focusing on the Lord. That's what happens in our lives. That's what happens in the Israelites as is you watch them. They go this, this, this. They become starving, and then they go after the Lord. You and your Christian life, you do this, 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 and you get starving, and you come hungry for the Lord. But why do we have to go there? Why can't we just come hungry for the Lord all the time? Why can't we just come thirsty for the Lord all the time? So they're starving. We're starving. They cry out. And I love this in Exodus chapter 2, verse 23. It'll be up there on the screen. Mark in your Bibles for later. It says, years passed, and the king of Egypt died. But the Israelites continued to groan until their burden of slavery. They cried out for help, and their cry rose up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel, and I love this part. Hold on to this part. Remember this part. And it says, I knew it was time to act.
1: Knew
0: it was time to act. I love that. He knew it was time to act. <coughs> when did we know it's time to act? Like, did the Israelites know that it was now time to act? I mean, they've been going through this for seven years. Maybe they thought we had to go through this for another seven years. Maybe they thought we had to go through this for another year. But God says in here that he knew it was time to act, but they didn't know. You and I don't know when it's time for God to act. So therefore, we have faith that it's time to act. That today is the day for God to act. Today is the day for the things that you've been starving for that he's going to feed you and give to you. The things that today that you've been thirsting for that he's going to quench that thirst. Today is the day for God to act. The time is now for him to act. Because We don't know what the day is, so we're going to say today. So Judges uh, 6 verse 7, let's finish off this little section. It says, and it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, because of the Midianites. He hears our cries. He sends them a prophet. We don't know the prophet's name. It doesn't get into the prophet's name, but we know that the prophet comes to deliver a message. And we see a couple of things from this message that the prophet delivers. The first one was to remind them. I think it's so important for us to remember what God has done for us. So important to remember what God has done for us. It's not remembering the past things that you've done, but it's remembering the past things that God has done. There's a huge difference between the two. Because the things that you've done in the past, God's erased. But the things that he's done in the past, he wants you to remember. Right? We need to reflect on those things. And so, remember what he did for you. I heard you venture to say that your life was a mess before you came into relationship with the Lord. Right? Either outwardly, like everybody could see your mess, or inwardly, only you could see your mess. But you are a mess. And so look how the Bible tells us that he brought you up out and how he brought you out of, right? That's what the prophet is saying. He brought you up and he brought you out. So this phrase brought you is this upward motion. It's going up, right? It's an ascension to a higher place. And God wants to bring you to higher places. And I think that I think we stumble with that sometimes because we think that being brought up to higher places could mean like a sense of pride. And if and if when you do get elevated to these higher places and if it doesn't bring pride into your life, then you don't want that, right? Because God only gives grace to the humble. So you don't want that. But you come with a humble heart, and God will elevate you. God will lift you up. He'll bring you to higher places, like the wings on the eagle, right? Put you in these higher places. Like, I really believe that God will take your job, no matter whatever your job is, because I've seen it in my life over and over and over again. God will take you in your job, and he will elevate you. As you just seek him, he will lift you up. He will bring you into the higher places. Because it makes people wonder, like, what is he doing? I'm doing everything the same that he's doing, but for some reason he's getting elevated. And why is that? Because we're, learning on, we're leaning on God, and we're getting glory to God. When that person says, what are you doing different? And you're like, oh, man, let me tell you what I'm doing different. Because I'm seeking the Lord. I'm seeking the creator. I'm seeking my God. And God is elevating me in this position wants to bring us up to higher places, So that brought you the means to bring you up to a higher place, elevating you. And as we look at Gideon, we're going to see, like, this Gideon was just used to change things, to change really the course of history to where he landed in the Hebrews, you know, the book of faith in chapter 11. But you'll see how Gideon was so humble in the beginning and how he really didn't think that he could do anything. But it says here that not only did he bring them up, but he also delivered them. And deliverance is what? It's it's taking the power of something away. Gives you that, that opportunity to overcome that power, right? To overcome it, to be delivered from it. And so this prophet is reminding them of how the Lord had already gave them this upward motion, how the Lord had already delivered them. You know, like we read before in Numbers of, the, of, of just how they had victory over all the men that they were fighting against. And so he's reminding them, like, I've already delivered you. I've already brought you up out of this. Like, I've done all this for you. And I think that we need to be reminded of that because I think that some of us, maybe all of us, have forgot about that. How God has delivered us. And how God has brought us up from these places that we're in, from this miry Plain. He's just, you know, washed us, cleansed us. And delivered us, and we need to remind it of that. So the prophet tells them how God delivered them, the ones who were oppressing them. In other words, the ones who were breaking them. And there may be people that are trying to break you in your life, who are trying to squash you, Or trying to put you down. And God's saying, like, "Hey, I've already driven them all away the from you. I've already driven them all away. The don't go back to that." And I think that so many of us we will go back to that. And I don't really understand that all the way. I know that that. Um, that if you just kind of study the mind, I'm sure that there's a, a really cool solution to that or a reason why we just love to stay in our muck, you know, or in our junk. Like, we just love that. Like, you know, like abusive relationships, like people just love to stay in that abuse. I guess they just, you know, thrive on that. I don't really get it all the way. But he wants to deliver us from that. Like, he wants us to, to get away from that, to get in these higher places, here's the kicker. It's the second part of this message from the prophet. And he says, not to fear the gods. Because so many of us are allowing false gods to put fear into us. False gods, you know, anything that you put above God is a false god. Anything that you put above God is a false god. And I think that so many of us are allowing these false gods to scare us. And we can't allow fear to drive us. We can't allow fear to drive us. One of the things that, that I fear most Right now, just so you could hear my heart, is we bring in this new pastor into this church. And we bring in a new pastor. And all of a sudden, you guys don't support him. You know, and so then what happens to that new pastor? Like, honestly, that's one of my biggest fears right now. Is that me trusting in God? No, it's not. And perfect love casts out all fear. In. So I need to remember that God loves this person, whoever he's going to bring in, more than I love that person. He's so going to protect them, watch over them. So, lastly, the prophet says to the chosen people, he tells the Israelites, and I believe that he's telling some of us, You have not obeyed my voice. <laughs> Nobody likes to hear that. It's like, Don't finish off the message like that. Dude, That sucks, man. Like, that's not cool. The prophet finishes up this message like that. He says, But you have not obeyed my voice. Three things that go with that word obey. Here, everybody say, it. you guys just repeat this with me. Here, listen. listen, and be regarded. regarded.
1: Here, listen, listen. Be,
0: be, regarded. be regarded. That's obeying, guys. <laughs> <coughs> I think that so many of us that we're not hearing from God, we're just not taking the time to hear from God. Do you guys hear God's voice? I mean, are you guys listening to God's voice? Hear, listen, and then are you regarding that voice? Like the way that God is speaking you, are we obeying God? Or are we obeying these other things? You know, we're, we're doing things out of fear. We really are. There's things in our lives that we're doing that are done out of fear. And when we're doing these things that are done out of fear, we're listening to false gods. God wants us to listen to him. God wants us to run in Him. God wants us to trust in Him. God wants us to believe in Him. God wants us to do all these things in Him, not out of fear, not out of these false gods, not out of these false voices, but from His voice, from Him. So we're going to get into getting next week because I figured that would be out of time by now, and I've heard from three different people that I need to finish on time. Just <laughs> saying. Call today, guys. Call today. Will you answer the call today? Will you answer the call today? What is the call today? Seek out God, right? Ask him if there's anything that is invading in you that shouldn't be there. Is there anything that is getting into your space that doesn't belong? Is there anything there that should not be there? That's taking up space in your life. Call today. Will you answer that? Will you obey that? Will you cast it out? Will you get it out of here? Is there anything that you're feeling down about that needs to be turned around? Like something that has just reduced you. Something that has, has brought you down. And God is saying, I want to elevate you. I want to lift you up. I want to get you high above these troubles. High above these problems. The call today is to listen for that. If there's anything in there, you need to give that to Jesus. You need to cast that out so that He can increase you. Is there anything that God is reminding you today that He's done for you that you forgot? like? Yeah, God, I'm so sorry that I forgot those things. Like, you're totally gotten rid of all those things, and somehow I brought all those things back. Can you just push all those things away again, just like you you did for the Israelites with the Amalekites? Is there anything that you have allowed back in that needs to be pushed back out? Give it to Jesus today. Cast it out. Give it to him. Today's the day, right? Today's the day. That's a Time is now, God. Time is now to act. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand up. Come on, stand up. Stand up. <coughs> and if you said yes to any of you? Did any of you say yes did you to you listening? Yeah. 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 Any of us? Ten of us? Not bad. Not bad. Next week, we'll work on 20%, OK? <laughs> <coughs> You know guys, I'm serious. If I was just meditating on this message, I just really feel like it's for each one of us in one way or another. I really feel like that God has been speaking to each one of you in one way or another. That that this has not been able to dodge any of you. That in one way or another this has penetrated you in one way. And it's going to hit you and it's going to continue to penetrate you because God loves you. God cares for you. And you have to remember that that God loves you, that He cares for you, that you were created by Him. That you're this beautiful creation that He's created, and He loves you so much that He's just going to continue to work in your life in ways that you may or may not understand, but just obey it, obey it and follow Him, it, believe it, and trust it. But anyways, if you said yes to any of these, then you're going to really like, I got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody go like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God. All we can say right now is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We just love you so much, God. We thank you, God, of what you do for each one of us in our lives, God, because you just delivered us, and you have elevated us, how you brought us up above all these problems, above all these troubles, all these things that are trying to reduce us, God. We pray in the name of Jesus that you take those things away, that we just cast those things out in the name of Jesus, that we just give those to you right now, God. We pray for anything that has been invading our space that does not belong in our space, that we just cast it out in the name of Jesus, that you get those things out of, out of us and away from us, God. We pray for those who are walking in fear right now, God. We pray that you would just take that of those fears away, God, in the name of Jesus. That you would take those things away so that we would no longer walk in fear, God. We know, we know that the enemy encamps around us. We know that, but we know that you are so much greater than that enemy because greater is you than it is us that's in the world god and so we just hold on to that god we thank you for that lord and so father today as we walk away we want to say yes and amen we want to say yes and amen that today is the day god that today is the day that you're going to act on our behalf and so we thank you for that god and so we just pray in your name jesus that you would just anoint us that you would bless us that you would empower us that you would send us out with your mighty strength god that nothing would stop us from the things that you want done in our lives today, God. We pray against anything that tries to bring us down. God, if any words are spoken against us, we pray in your name, Jesus, that those would just bounce off us, that we would not accept those things, that those things are not from you, God. And so we just cast that out in the name of Jesus right now, God. And we just pray for words of encouragement, God. We pray that those words of discouragement would just be pushed away, God. And we pray for those words of encouragement. We pray, God, that you would send people into our lives that would just encourage us today, God. Encourage us for the week, God. We pray for your special favor upon our lives, for our works, for our houses, for our children, for our grandchildren, God. We pray for special favor in the name of Jesus, God. And we just accept it and we thank you for that, God. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you did for us on that cross, God. We thank you, Lord, that you endured that pain for us because you love us so much. We thank you, and we never want to forget what you did for us, Jesus. We never want to forget you, Jesus, and the example that you have set for us, that you endured that for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody say that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.